Okay. Can you believe we're at the end of the year? I cannot believe it. Like, where is this season gone? Hello and welcome back to Start From The Pits. I am your host, Charlotte, and today we are diving into the season. It's now over, so I'm gonna run through some of my favorite parts or favorite races, a few of your favorite races as well. I asked you guys on Instagram to send me what your favorite races were. And we're just gonna delve into the season because I genuinely cannot believe how fast it has gone by. And we're gonna happen to wait like a lot of days till the next one. Um, so as you can see, the Christmas decorations are out. The Christmas jumper is on. Got a little red, red bow going on in the hair. So I am wrapped like a Christmas present and we're ready to get festive. It's it's here. Christmas is happening. Okay, so let's take it all the way back to the start of the season. Bahrain. First race of the season and it kicked it off as it meant to go on really. Max came P1. He was at the start of the championship with a 10 second lead from P2, which I mean, what's new? The whole season just continued to be that way, I think. And yeah, it, it really was a great way to start the season for the Red Bulls. I remember at the start of the season, I was looking back and I was just like, oh, well, it's doing great now, but how reliable is that Red Bull gonna be? Turns out it was pretty reliable. <laughs> we didn't have a single DNF from Max all season. Um, and the Red Bulls only lost one race, which talk about domination. I know we all complain you know, Red Bulls win all the time, it's Max winning all the time, but we'll look back at this in the future and be like, can you believe we went through a season like that? Like, it's just unbelievable. Of course, he was leading from his teammate Checo, who had a really great start to the season, you know, we were almost at that point where we were rooting for him to be like, well, could you could you be the title contender as well? Because same machinery um, and all that jazz. So yeah, that as we learn will digress. Um, but moving on to P3, we obviously had the very strong start in Aston Martins, who were even called the, was it the Green Red Bulls at the start of the season? Um, and that Red Bull and Aston Martin lineup proved to not really be going anywhere at the start of the season. However, as the season went on, the Aston Martin sort of declined in performance. It was a real swift downward spiral after the summer break really they had a really strong start to the season hence why they had so many points taking the championship battle to the mclarens um but it just seemed to dip off completely and they just the pace just went nowhere really it's like everybody else progressed but the aston martins just sort of stayed where they were and it just wasn't enough to keep up with the rest of them so bahrain in a nutshell really it started the season as it meant to go on and yeah it was it was the opener and that is exactly how the rest of the season sort of went really moving on to silverstone and Silverstone proved to be an amazing race yet again. I mean, I feel like that the home crowd, knowing the Brits, you know, being a Brit, knowing the Brits, I always feel like we bring the good energy, the good vibes. And Silverstone, again, was did not miss. It didn't miss. We, we continued to see Checo's sort of decline in performance, which was a shame because honestly, like I said, at the start of the season, we were all kind of rooting for him. And it just, it just didn't work out the way that we all expected it for Checo. And this was sort of highly talked about within the media and the press, um, within the paddock, lots of rumours going around about Checo because his seat was very much up in the air. And then the return of Danny Rick coming to Alpha Tauri, that very much brought him into the conversation as well. So I can imagine there was a lot of tension there and it wouldn't have been a very nice place for him to be in. Um, so yeah, with the return of Danny Rick, that became, that made his seat a bit more of a threat. Silverstone also provided quite a pivotal moment for the McLarens. We had Lando on the first podium of the season for them. He also got pole position in qualifying, which 
I can't even imagine what was going through his head at that moment. Like you're at your home Grand Prix, everyone's there for you. You know, Lando's gained a lot of popularity over the years because he is just that youthful person that a lot of people, he's got a very likable personality. To see that happen for him at his home race, I mean, there's, there's probably no better feeling than that really. Um, and then he was also leading, you know, he was leading the race for a few laps and people were like, he could genuinely get his first win at home. Didn't come to light, but you know, um, yeah, we obviously, Max won. Yeah, it was just a, a great race. I feel like it was quite a wholesome race as well. Like everybody just seemed to be in good spirits at the Silverstone Grand Prix. So very much enjoyed that one. The next race that a lot of people have said that they quite enjoyed was the Dutch Grand Prix at Zandvoort. Obviously this was Max's home race and he was continuing to chip away at his win streak. So at this point he was matching Vettel's record of the most races won in a row. God, that was a mouthful to say. Um, and he did manage to do that. He did that at his home race. So again, it's just been an extraordinary season for Max in terms of beating records. He's just been doing it one after another. And he's just been, he's just been there. He's like an absolute machine this season. I feel like there's just no better way to sum up this season than just Max Verstappen because he has just dominated the whole season. However, the Dutch Grand Prix started off rainy um, and that proved to be quite chaotic at the start because Joe Guan Yu had a crash at the start and that caused a red flag, meaning that everybody was rushing into the pits, obviously, um, and creating quite a lot of noise around the strategy around the race because um, obviously that messed up people's pitting um, and where they should be in terms of pit stops throughout the race. So... That was quite a good one. Also saw Gasly's first podium, which was quite a nice one for him. I feel like Gasly and the Alpines have had quite a quiet season. They've not made too much noise on or off the track, really. I can't really think of many pivotal moments for them, apart from the podiums that they had, um, which obviously is an improvement from most seasons, to be fair. Um, it's not often you actually see an Alpine on the podium. So to have, I think they had two podiums this season. Um, that was quite a good improvement for them and we didn't hear you know there was a lot of talk at the start of the season with having the two Frenchmen on the team together because apparently they don't get along um, but they seem to be best friends again so I can't see any drama going anywhere with them too. Now this was one of my personal favourite races and this was the Singapore Grand Prix. I personally just I love Singapore anyway. It's one of my favourite races. I love to go there one day. My mum and dad have been and they said it was amazing so it is a dream to go there. I feel like the city is such a lovely city. The track, I love a night race. I love a street track. So Singapore is like the best of both worlds really for me. And yeah, can you believe that this was the only race this season that the Red Bulls didn't win? They were that dominant. It's just absolutely, I don't feel like we're going to see this ever again. And I actually saw Max getting quite emotional about this at the end of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix when he was saying like, Yes, it's amazing that it's happened, but I feel like we're never going to get that again. And I feel like he's got a lot of love for that car. You know, we, we know that it's it's a male car um, and we also know he's called Rocky. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like he's got a lot of love in that car and he might not show it because, you know, Max is quite... Uh, what's the word? He's quite low-key with his emotions. Um, but, yeah, he, he definitely has a lot of love for that car. Back to Singapore. Now, obviously... Ferrari won this one and I feel like Ferrari haven't really had the most amazing but not the most terrible season in the world yes we've had you know the usual strategic mess ups however seeing Carlos take things into his own hands in the Singapore Grand Prix and actually suggesting to his team what strategy to use was just golden to watch like I can't express how 
almost proud it was to watch him in that moment. Obviously, I don't know him. He does not know me at all. Um, but there's that element of just wanting somebody to do well because they've taken a risk um, and it paid off. It massively paid off for him. Obviously, he won the race. And I think it's quite funny how in this race, we didn't even see Max on the podium. So it just shows that when it wasn't going well for the Red Bulls, it didn't go well. He was P5, mind you. Like, that was obviously an amazing finish, but he wasn't even on the podium. So, yeah, and also on that podium, we got Lando and Lewis, which was top tier for me. Cherry on the cake. So, was loving life during the Singapore, Singapore Grand Prix. So, that's the first four. Not first four. So, that's my first four top races. My last one in my top five was Vegas. Unexpectedly, actually. Because when we were all going into Vegas, I feel like a lot of people were just wanting it to fail and not do as well as everybody wanted. And it proved us all right in FP1 because, you know, there was the the um what were they called drain covers that were loose obviously ruined the underside of carlos's car gave him a completely undeserved penalty he was not happy about that rightly so yeah just things weren't right the whole the whole fan experience during that um those practice sessions was just not the way people were expecting but yeah moving into the actual race and qualifying itself etc I've said it once and I'll say it again, Vegas exceeded all expectations for me. I think it's one that I'd like to go and see. You know, I've been to Vegas and I know the vibe of Vegas and I think it's such an incredible place that they can't do things normally there. It's just physically impossible for them to do things normally. And I think as well, and I've said this before, you know, if we did things normally in Vegas, people would be upset. You know, it, it brought in, what was it? Like 1.8 million viewers, which is a lot for Formula One. And I know they were saying it's going to be the biggest sporting event of the year. Didn't quite reach the 150 million that the Super Bowl did or whatever it was. But for Formula One, that's a big deal. And obviously the sponsors want that, that, what's the word? The sponsors want that, they want the eyes on their brand. The opening ceremony was questionable. Max didn't enjoy it. He made that very, very clear. However, as I said, if we did things normally, people won't be happy and we'd be, ask, we'd be asking for more. So I think Vegas did it right. They did it right. And the opening ceremony was impressive. You can't deny that. The whole work that went into it was just next level, really. And I think the other races have something to... They've got a bar now. The bar is high after Vegas. And maybe they don't want to reach that bar because, you know, they've got their own ways and they're very set about that. But yeah, the bar is quite high now. And overall, it was an impressive race as well. Like, there was some good racing there. Max, of course, won again. Charles came in P2, which was great for him because it was sort of, it gave him that confidence boost that he needed. I don't think we'd seen him on the podium for a few races and it wasn't looking great for Ferrari. Obviously, they had the battle in the Constructors' Championship that they were wanting. So I feel like that gave them some confidence, some great points. Um, and especially Charles, because obviously Carlos didn't have a great re weekend with the penalty that he was given. Um very unfairly. Checo also had a great comeback, um, finally getting back on the podium after six races, which if you're in a car which is supposedly the same as Max's, not being on the podium for six races is a pretty big deal. Um, so to see him back up there, people were like, Checo's back, this is the guy that's back. So I feel like that really did a lot in terms of supporting his campaign into getting that seat next year. And I, w I do think we're not going to see any more noise around that because he just has come back and sort of regained his position there um at Red Bull so whether it was the therapy I don't know he said he was talking to somebody which was really great to see him actually come out and speak and say like look things aren't okay at the moment 
maybe that was a bit of a wake-up call for all of us fans as well because a lot of people were slating him off and i'll be I'm, i'll say it i was guilty of saying like oh check out he's not looking good and things like that but i think that's just our opinions sometimes and we need to remember that they are humans as well um so yeah seeing him talk about his mental health and you know obviously seeing him get that comeback and that podium must have been a real boost for him and the team as well um not that they needed it because I think they'd won the championship by that point but <laughs> you know for them especially for Checo to come in P2 in the championship that um battle was quite close so I think that really cemented his place in a Red Bull after that I feel like I'm doing so much talking oh my god I feel like that's like my reporter side done and dusted <laughs> I feel like I tend to a different person when I'm talking about the races itself um let's get a bit more let's let me just okay right I'm ready I'm ready to be a bit more casual I'm sorry for that guys I feel like I just turned like pit lane presenter mode let's I thought this would be a really fun thing to do so <laughs> might be a bit lame I don't know how this is gonna go I have no one to bounce off this is my problem I just don't have that you know but let's talk about this is this section is my f1 awards so this is like the grammys how can we the Oscars, what can we call this? The, I don't know, this is just the award ceremony. Let's just call it that. This is this, we just need like the Dutch national anthem playing and then the vibes of, anyways. So I am going to go category at a time. I'm gonna give you my nominees and then we're gonna, we're gonna announce the winner. So best social media. So my nominees are Has, Williams, and Aston Martin. So my reasons for these nominations has, I feel like has always play into Gunther quite well. Um, and obviously showing the behind scenes with Kevin and his daughter were really cute. So that's why has are getting my vote for that. Um, Williams were incredible. I can't remember who, might have been Alpine. They were playing like um, noughts and crosses when there was a red flag one time. And that was just so funny. Um, so that's my main vote. And then Aston Martin, I feel like their overall, there wasn't one pinpoint thing, but their overall branding on social media has just been spot on this year. Um, so my winner for social media of the year is Aston Martin. Again, because they just they just nailed it in everything. You know, they were on it with the trends. They used Alonso to their advantage. I'm pretty sure he won like TikTok personality of the year or something like that. So they get my vote. vote. They also let us in like a nice, more behind the scenes kind of footage. They did that really cinematic Wes Anderson style editing um, on race weekends. And I really like that aspect of it. So well done to Aston Martin. My next one is for my top duo. So initially I was going to say Lando and Oscar for this one because I feel like they are morphing into the same person. Um, and, you know, I think coming into this season, those two were very much pitted against each other. They were the two young ones of the the grid McLaren obviously being teammates there so I think they were very much it was like who's going to come out on top out of those two and to be honest I feel like they've been very well matched they've been very evenly matched this season obviously Oscar got his um sprint sprint race win um but throughout it's been fairly like it could go either way for who out of those two would be better for me however I will say one of my top duos is um, Nico and selfies. Every time Nico took a selfie with a certain garage, I'm not joking, something went wrong with them. Something just did not go to plan. So 
Nico and his selfies gets this one for me because, yeah, they just seem to have some sort of like voodoo magic on them and it just didn't go well for them. Maybe, maybe Nico is actually like a wizard or something and he just like has some sort of spell that he casts on them selfies. I don't know, but it wasn't great whenever he took a selfie with somebody. Until I think Red Bull broke that selfie, selfie curse. It might have been Ferrari, I can't remember, but one of those two broke that curse and it was like, maybe it's not the duo we expected. Okay, next category for me is the overtake of the season. Best overtake for me was Alonso and Perez at the Brazilian Grand Prix. The way that they were battling at each one and it was like, it was like that moment in cars, you know when they're like slow-mo over the line, it's like, who has got that win? Um... And to see them battling it out the way they did, they were so respectful in the way that they raced. I mean, those two can be quite feisty drivers as well and are, not, and are known sometimes for, you know, not being, uh, what's the word, the most careful of racers. Um, however, seeing them two battle it to the finish line was unreal um, and it was just so close down last straight. So seeing them lunge for each other was just it was it was great it was an exciting race to watch as well um so well done to those two for that my next I feel like after this the the categories get a bit jaded um so my next one is the best off-track activities so basically anything that a driver has done off the track this is this has been nominated um and for me, it has to be Bottas. <laughs> when I woke up that Tuesday morning or whatever it was, went on Instagram, thought, oh, what are we going to see today? So race build up, you know, whatever. I wake up to see Bottas's bare bum. That was a bit of a shock. It was quite... It, I think I had to close my eyes a bit, go out to sleep and then just wake up and think, was that a really bad dream? It wasn't, unfortunately. Um, however, I was kind of here for it as well. Like, I feel like we've just seen another side to Bottas this year. He just does not care. He's so cool. And yeah, it's just, what, what a man. It could never be me. Bottas needs to, like, collaborate with OnlyFans or something. Um, because a lot of people would pay for that content. <laughs> um, but to have his own calendar of just him and his bare arse is just iconic behaviour. Um, so... Best off-track activities has to go to Bottas this year. Yes, Lewis has done all of his, you know, environmental stuff and that kind of thing. But Bottas getting his bare arse out, unreal. So if any drivers want that one next year, you've got to get your arse out. I can't believe I've just said that. All right, a bit more of a normal one. <laughs> Biggest improvement over the season, it has to be McLaren for me. I mean, to start off, they were literally like P18 at the start of the season and then to be like podium contenders at almost every race. Sorry? Yeah, just to see that improvement over the time and, you know, it's obviously a big credit to the entire team. You know, they, they, they worked on that car day in, day out. I know I'm not saying that other teams don't, but they just must have had that edge between them. And I feel like McLaren have a real team mentality as well. Like everybody's involved at McLaren. Whereas we see like Red Bull, everybody seems to have their own individual roles. And I know that will be the case in McLaren, but there's just something about them that just seem a bit more, a bit more fun, a bit more friendly. And they've just, they're all in it together kind of thing. So I feel like that will have a big 
improvement on their way of going in a team, if that makes sense, the whole collaboration between them. So yeah, the biggest improvement for me is definitely McLaren from going from P18 to podium contenders every weekend. I mean, it can't not be them. On the flip side of that, I think my biggest decline in performance has to be Aston Martin. They did bring it back a little bit towards the end of the season, hence why everyone was a little bit worried between, I think it was between them and McLaren. Um, and they had such a strong start. Like I said at the start, everyone was saying like, oh, it's the green Red Bull, you know, could could Alonso get another world title? You know, that's, that's how much we were talking about how well they were doing. Um, they seem to be on the podium every weekend. It's like... McLaren and Aston Martin did a switch so the way that McLaren were at the start of the season is how Aston Martin were at the end of the season like where did that performance go I know I know I said it earlier but like it's like everybody else progressed and they just sort of stayed the same and it just wasn't enough to keep up with everybody so that is why Aston Martin are my biggest decline in performance I put one as the biggest gossip so who I think spread the most rumors because there were some hell of a big rumours this season and I also have an award for biggest rumour of the season um but this is based purely off one video and one video alone but I feel like it sums it up nicely so my biggest gossip is Pierre Gasly for that one video of him talking to Daniel Ricciardo and Daniel is just like he's looking at him like he's just told him the biggest piece of information I don't know what it was but I want to know what it was and something in me tells me that Pierre knows a lot I don't know what it is but I feel like him and Kika the gossip between those two. If anything ever happened between those two, I hope that she sits down in a camera and does like a tell-all kind of thing because I need to know all the rumours that they know. Just something in me tells me that Pierre Gasly just knows everything. Like he seems like quite a trustworthy person. So I feel like people tell him a lot of things, but then he's also the kind of person that'd be like, tell somebody a secret just to sort of become more friendly and more comfortable with them. I don't know. Maybe I'm a really bad judge character, but something in me just told me that Pierre is a big gossip. So speaking of gossip, my second category under that category, I guess, is the biggest rumour or like the most wildest rumour. So for me, this has to be Nico Hulkenberg coming out of retirement. I don't even know where he was going to be driving. I can't even remember, but it was that much of a blur that time on, Reb on F1 Twitter or X, whatever we want to call it where people were talking, they were flying around rumours of Alonso going to Red Bull, you know, Daniel was off to Red Bull. I think everyone was going to Red Bull at some point. Um, and Liam Lawson was thrown in there somewhere. And then just randomly appears Nico's name out of nowhere. It's like somebody just put a hand in a hat and thought, let's just throw this name in there. It was so wild. I just, I remember looking thinking, there's no way. And there was no way. There's no way Nico's coming back. Nico happily retired after his first championship. So yeah, that was my wildest rumour. I think there's more chance of Alonso going to Red Bull than Nico not retiring. So that's my thoughts. <laughs> my next category is the most fashionable. Now, obviously, this one goes to Lewis. Lewis turns up every weekend. You know, he's wearing the Bottega Veneta boots or whatever. He's wearing his Versace. God knows what he's wearing, but he's just such an icon. But I feel like that's the obvious answer. My runner-up is Joe Guan Yu. Like, they might not be the most bold out there outfits like Lewis yet. Um, but I feel like he he knows how to serve a look. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's not like Charles who will just throw on some red jeans and be done with it. Mm -mm, not happening. Joe will 
calculate his outfits. But yeah, he just knows how to put a look together. And he always looks cool, you know. Is it Prada that he's teamed up with? Or is it the Prada or Chanel, I think, that he's, you know, he's done some work with somewhere. And it's like, okay, fair play. Um, so if they could all take a leaf out of his book, just serve a bit more, that would be incredible. Lando was coming through with the looks, actually. Abu Dhabi in that big, I don't know, I don't want to offend anybody, but it was like that big gown. Like what the locals wear. Um, I think that was such a look. Like it wasn't even fashionable in the sense of brands or designer or anything like that. It was just, just cool. So continue please for next season. Thank you very much. My next category is the biggest whinge bag. Now, I'm so sorry to all of the George Russell fans out there, but you've got to admit, every time George came on the radio, he was just whinging about something, whining about something. I was just like, can you just be done with it? please. I love George. I am a George fan any day of the week. However, yeah, it just came across like there was always something wrong with him. And it's just like, just you're in a Mercedes. Be a bit more grateful. Go get your gratitude journal. Write down, I am grateful to drive a Mercedes F1 team car and be done with it. You know, just because Lewis won't let you past, he will eventually. You'll get your championship. I'm sure you will. So yeah. George is my biggest whinge bag. My final category is who my most impressive driver of the season was. Who was the biggest underdog? And for me, this has to be Alex Albon. He carried that Williams team so hard. His back, he must be crippled, you know, bent over double. It was just, yeah, he must not be okay after this season because I'm pretty sure something like 80% of the points or like nine, 80 or 90% of the points came from Alex. Like, and I love Logan. He was thriving towards the end of the season, but yeah, Alex just did the most this season and he has to be my biggest underdog because I don't think anybody expected the Williams to look so strong, especially in the straight line. We know the straight line was a big deal for them, especially going into Vegas. So, and that's where Logan did the most. So it has to be Alex Albon for me. Obviously, I think Oscar is definitely in there somewhere because he's a rookie. Nobody really expected him to do as well as he did. But I feel like Alex's proven track record, um, I'm not saying it wasn't strong. Obviously, he's a great driver, but I just don't think people expected him to do so well in the Williams. So Alex is my biggest underdog this season. So overall, this season, we are wrapping this up now, I'm afraid. It was a short but sweet episode. Um, I feel like I've covered a lot of ground and you know what there's that much to cover this season it might not have seemed like an exciting season but picking out five races was actually so hard that I enjoyed the most that's why I had to ask you guys on Instagram because I was just like please somebody tell me what they enjoyed because I, they all merge into one eventually for me I just can't deal with the numbers and the statistics and things like that I'm not very good with that kind of stuff so that is why I had to ask you guys um, and I also like getting you guys involved it makes you feel more a part of the journey and everything so um, yeah, what a season we've been through, you know, I'm not mentally prepared for an entire winter without F1, although I am looking for more season, more series to watch. So if anybody can recommend any, that will be much appreciated. The Extreme last race, I think it is, is on this weekend, so I will be trying to watch that. But after that, Formula E's back in January, what am I going to do for December? I've done my Christmas shopping, I just need to wrap it, so I'm a bit like twiddling my thumbs 
Um, but yeah, what a season. I feel like this is definitely one for the history books, 100%. Someday we're going to look back on this and be like, can you even believe? Well, I'm not even looking back on it. Like, I'm looking at it right now and thinking, can you believe that what a season Max has had? The Red Bulls have only lost one race. Max only lost three races, two of which to his, to his teammate. Like, unbelievable. And yeah, to see Max get so emotional at the end of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, I think... I don't know why I keep saying Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. It sounds like I'm about to say Yabba Dabba Do. What else can we call them? To see Max get so emotional at Real's Marina, that's smarter, um, was just, yeah, it was a it was a good moment because, I, like I said, I don't feel like we don't get to see that emotional side of Max very often. He's very much this villainized, hardcore kind of racer. So, yeah, got a lot to look forward to. You know, Drive to Survive is back. So that should be interesting. I feel like I sort of went off Drive to Survive last year. I didn't actually finish it, I don't think. Because it just you just know that it's all a bit too script not scripted, but overproduced um after seeing some of the drivers react to it. But it should be interesting to see how they do this season. Um I know for a fact that one scene of I think it's I think George is walking away from the car and Lewis just goes by. <laughs> in the background in slow-mo I think that was such a good shot and it was just like yeah drive to survive I'm gonna use that 100% um so yeah that was that's the season wrapped also when this is when is this going up yeah this will be going up just before my f1 wrap so I'm doing like a Spotify wrap so for anybody who's never had their Spotify wrap through or doesn't use Spotify music first of all get off Apple get on Spotify immediately second of all at the end of the year, Spotify basically accumulates all of your data of the music that you've listened to over the season, over the season, over the year. Um, and they will tell you how many minutes you've listened to the music, how many songs you've played, what kind of genre you play to the most, what artists you play the most, etc, etc. So I thought I would take things into my own hands and do my own version for Formula One. So 3rd of December, it will be on Instagram. I'll post it on my stories. Um, and we're going to delve into sort of like how many minutes you've spent watching the F1 or, you know, how many teens have been on the podium, that kind of thing. So it's going to be a little bit of fun on socials. Um, so, yeah, and there's just so much more coming, guys. You know, um, there'll be an announcement this week. I don't know if this is when this is going up or when the announcement will go up in relation to this, but big announcement coming this week, which is just going to bring you so much more exciting content, guys. You're not even ready. So thank you very much for staying tuned with me and sticking aboard this roller coaster because it has been quite a season. Um, and yeah, this isn't the end, by the way. I'm not like leaving you for the season. There is more videos and podcasts to come. So stick around and I will see you in the next episode. Bye.